Hi, my friends. I do this work with all my heart for you. So please contribute generously to Future Primitive. Princess Lukash, and she just came off the stage at Connecting for Change. Her talk was about protecting sacred places in a resource-hungry world. Princess Lukash is the current executive director of the Gwich'in Steering Committee. Their mission is to protect the porcupine caribou herd whose nursing and carving grounds are located on the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. So the last time we were together was, Mm -hmm. I think it was four years ago, five years ago maybe, even. Yeah, maybe five. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there has been no drilling since then. No. And how has that uh, been able to be held back? Um, There hasn't been drilling, but there's, um, in this past year, there's been a number of direct and immediate threats on behalf of the Alaskan legislature, and in particular, our governor, um, Sean Parnell, who's been really pushing to do seismic uh, drilling, a seismic and exploratory drilling on the coastal plain of the refuge and he's been denied now three times by the Department of Interior. And thankfully, the Obama administration stands firmly opposed to any development on the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. So, um, talk to us about your feelings about your land Mm -hmm. and the land of your mother Mm and brothers. Tell us what it means to you. Mm-hmm. to keep Alaska clean from this? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you know, we're one of very few uh, tribal nations that is still able to live much like our ancestors off the land um, in our villages that are scattered between um, Alaska and Canada. You know, maybe 60, 65% of the diet is Vatsai caribou. And the porcupine caribou herd is 179,000 strong. And in the summertime, they have, on the, the coastal plain, they birth up to 40,000 calves. And they've been doing that for thousands and thousands of years. And um, when I think, when I get to go back home, because um, I spend so much time just really working to protect this place, and I don't, I don't feel like I get to enjoy it um, as much as I would really like to, but when I am back out on the land, when I go up to Vashriko, when I go to Arctic Village, um, it's just so freeing. It's just like these modern-day stresses just kind of peel away, and I'm able to um, commune with the environment, with our mountains. They all have our traditional place names. There's even a mountain, they call it 
my grandpa's nose, like my grandpa, Stephen Peter, it looks like his nose, so that's what they call it. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I just feel um, like my the truest form of myself when I'm able to be up there and out on the land. And when I look at my son and future generations, um, I want them to be able to do that too. I think it would be, um, it would be, I heard an, an elder from Old Crow say, um, for something to happen to the porcupine caribou herd would be the slow genocide of our people. And, and I believe that it would erode away um, our ability to sustain ourselves and it's um, people would be forced to move into urban areas, and um, and we can't have that. It doesn't need to be that way. Um, so that is why I'm here today, and that is why I do the work that I do. So how do you deal personally with the generational pain mm -hmm. that you carry from the land? Uh, Mm -hmm. being raped well um, I, it's interesting that you brought that up because that's what I, I just ended up part of my talk was about that inherited sorrow and my own personal path was um, I didn't understand you know why am I carrying I, 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 it was like I was born with this sorrow that was just unexplainable and as I got older um, I would always question my grand, my grandparents, and my mom, and sometimes you know they they didn't want it was so painful they didn't really want to talk about it assimilation they didn't really want to talk about um, you know what had happened with the introduction of of Western culture um, there was a lot of shame there um, and um, but as I as they did slowly open up to me and as I educated myself and um, about our history as Alaska Native people, that this history of the government of assimilation and colonization, um, that sorrow began to erode away. And it was replaced at first with a lot of anger and a lot of frustration. Um, and then now that for me has turned into determination and strength in my spirit to be able to speak up because it's not always comfortable. Um, I certainly, you know, don't want to be doing. I would, I would much rather be doing language revitalization work. I'd rather be doing theater, and you know, my bead work or, you know, more creative outlets. Um, but this is my calling for right now, and I'm honored to serve my community like this. But it is taxing. Yeah. Now, uh, do I remember well that your uh, father? Was Jewish? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, also, I, 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 I'm privileged to, mm -hmm. uh, for your mother, mm -hmm. the great Adeline, <laughs> to have shared this information mm -hmm. with me. So, if it's all right, I just mm -hmm. want to uh, zero in on the mm -hmm. fact that you carry those. Mm -hmm. And I also, just in my talk, mentioned that. Oh, you You did. know, my... my Grandparents. My grandmother originally came from Romania. My grandfather from Lithuania, and I was born in the Lazaria in Bethany, Israel, um, which is right above the Mount of Olives. 
and um, I was not raised there. I was raised with my Gwich'in culture, um, and I think it's good to acknowledge always uh, what my ancestors on both sides of my family went through, and it's interesting to me that I come from very historically oppressed peoples, um, and yet because of their struggle, because of what they have gone through, their journey, I did not have to live an oppressed life. Even though I, I may have felt that at times, um, I a, a very strong path was paved for me not to have to experience as much pain and suffering. And um, so I'm very grateful for all the work that came before me of all you trailblazers. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, still have uh, living ancestors beyond your mother's family? Um, oh, I, um, I have many, many... Grandparents? So my, none of my grandparents right, right. are still around. Um, but they are always around. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe I will give the question no. this way. What is your relationship to the ancestors? Um, you know, I just I have always felt very strongly that nobody is really gone. And, you know, I've, I lost my father at a young age. I've lost an older brother um, and many, many, you know, friends. And... I always feel them. I always feel their presence around me, and because of that, you know, it doesn't, the sorrow is not so great because I know that they're here. I know that they're by my side. I know that when I'm speaking, that my ancestors are standing beside me, and that gives me strength and it gives me comfort, and just this sense of, especially when I look at the state that we're in the state that our Mother Earth is in, it gives me a sense of faith and a, a sense of hope um, and that things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think this is a wonderful place to stop. Mm-hmm. Things are going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you just one more question. Uh, what was your experience up on the stage and... What do you think of the Marion Institute's work? Mm, um, well, an amazing, warm, and inviting, embracing audience. And um, I just, you know, I just hope always, you know, I always say a prayer before I speak that um, that my words are good, that my words are strong, and that whatever, you know, whoever's out there that needed to hear something right from that message that they they take it and um and it gives them strength i come from such a powerful land such a powerful people and i want to share that with other people you know um we didn't always we weren't always able to speak up for ourselves like we are today um other people would always advocate for us but we're living in a day and age where everyone needs to acknowledge their own strength and their voice. Every single person, I mean, that was one of my main messages, is that we, each of us, need to have our own individual individual plans for saving our planet. And if we all apply those plans, then we're, that's going to be good. It's going to be, we're going we're gonna to do it. 
but we all have to have our own individual plans. We can't wait for government. We can't wait for someone to say, this is what you need to do. You have to figure out what you're going to do for yourself. And then, then it'll be the collective. And then we'll, we'll be in a better place. So. Well, I just want to say that I had the privilege to be with you and your family mm -hmm. on your land. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've traveled a lot in my life. Uh, and this was the most beautiful mm -hmm. journey that I've taken mm -hmm. because of your spirit and mm -hmm. the spirit of the land. So mm -hmm. thank you mm -hmm. for your hospitality. Masi mm Cho, -hmm. I'm so happy to see you again like this. Thank you. <laughs>